Kenny Chester Podcast. Welcome back to the Kenny Chester Podcast. I am your host, Kenny Chester. Today's episode was recorded on February 6th in Walnut, Mississippi. We had Pastor Evan Grizzle visiting us from Wilmington, North Carolina. His, him and his wife were doing a conference in Watts Camp, Mississippi. We had him stay over and preach for us and also talk to our leaders that Sunday night. Before the, the training session, I actually had him um, in the office and we recorded a uh, this episode. I'm so excited to finally be bringing it to you. We've sat on it for two weeks because the next day after that, we've uh, me and my wife drove to Florida to go on vacation, and so I didn't do any recording out there. I had some uh, episodes pre-recorded that we uh, that had scheduled to post then, and then we talked about the cruise last week. This episode was not time sensitive, so we were able to sit on it for a little bit. Um, even though it wasn't time sensitive, does not mean a great time was not had, nor will you not have a great time listening. There was a lot of laughs. We talked a little bit about bass guitar, maybe maybe a little bit more about bass guitar than we should, and then my listeners will appreciate. But I know I got some musicians out there. You're going to love that conversation. But mainly, we focus at the end of the conversation on leadership. He's a part of a mastermind leadership coalition with Nathan Whitley, who's been on the podcast before, and Pastor Jason Staten. Uh, we talked about what it was like for him to uh, transition into pastoring in the middle of the pandemic. And uh, we had a lot of laughs. I think you're going to enjoy this episode. I recommend you buckle up. Let's get to work. I don't know. It seems to me that he shouldn't be saying that. Well, what is it that you want him to say? Shut him down. We're so excited today on the Kenny Chester Podcast here in studio. We have Pastor Evan Grizzle. He makes his way to us from Wilmington, North Carolina. We have him this weekend doing some leadership training at our church. Evan so great to have you today. Man, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me on. It's an honor. Absolutely. Well, we're glad that you're here. Um, full disclosure, me and Evan have known, have had mutual acquaintances and friends for years and years and years. I'm not sure we've ever been in the same room for this long talking. This today. tonight, yeah. So, this is a great place to have a first conversation. Exactly. This is the first time us kind of getting in depth in itself. And so he was. I knew he was going to be a great guest. I knew that he, I believe, wasn't your wife was speaking at a women's conference in Potts yeah, Camp? her conference in, in Potts Camp. She and did so, an incredible job. It was a good conversation conference my wife went down there she was just and i think her and uh ashley might be uh connected on social media yeah yeah they, yeah, yeah and yep. they talk some there and so um when when i when i realized you were going to be with us here in walnut over the weekend i was like man i gotta have him on the, the podcast talk about some stuff so um, man, what's been going on in your life dude yeah pastor in a church like if that's not if that doesn't say enough about what's going on in life how uh how long you've been pastoring that oh my goodness so you know we we started a transition seven years ago and officially became the pastor a uh, year and a half ago, roughly September of 2020. Can you believe that? Oh, wow. Right yeah. in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's the time where the, the, the going out pastor says, you know what? <laughs> this is a great time to leave. That's exactly <laughs> the what happened. temperature of the room here. I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> We're like temperature of the world. Yeah, you know, right. he's like checked out. Yeah, We're I'm, done. That's funny. So you guys were installed in 2020. Is that right? Is that we were installed. The vote happened in September. We were installed in December. Yeah, oh, wow. officially. Oh, wow, wow. But, you know, it's one of those things. My father-in-law is a very wise man. And one of the things that he did was he had a slow transition. So that to the point to where everybody's like, we're voting, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and really the pandemic sped all that up. It, it, he's not a guy that likes to be on the camera and we went fully online. Right. So I was preaching every service for several months and it just kind of, it was the most, uh, organic transition that I've ever seen. And obviously it's the only one I've ever been a part of, but, um, 
I think that's the way to do transitions. He did it really, really well. He could yep. write a book on it. So just wait for a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. Pray to God you get a pandemic and everything will be fine. If you've got friends in uh, Wuhan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like we're getting ready for a transition here. Can you yeah, all release up, the yeah. next bioweapon? <laughs> yes, please. We need to, I, I, and I, it's okay. It, well, I'm not going to say that. Lord, forgive me. I was going to go a little deep on the, because here's the other thing. We're jumping into this podcast. I, I worked in the medical field for eight years. You right. get a very morbid sense yes, of humor. Yeah. So I understand. <laughs> We well, might have to cut some stuff we're out. We're going to try to pull that side of you <laughs> out on the podcast. It won't be <laughs> hard, brother. <laughs> well, okay, so that happened in 2020. And yeah. so you guys were there, you said, seven years leading up to that. Yeah. So just to get a little background, when I met you, it was through, I think it was through music ministry. Yeah. Um, I was helping to plan our National Youth Conference uh, back in the day. It's been several years ago. Yeah. And uh, I believe you were, maybe you were like band director for NYC a couple times. Oh, uh, you know, it, here's what's funny. I was band director once, mm-hmm. um, and then I left worship for one of the service because my wife she became a uh, she did the band director she was in Potts camp at the time right. they had her get his entire service together and it just so happens that every worship leader backed out on her and she was dating the guy that sang so yeah. I was like I got you girl <laughs> so that was how I slid in this the door this is the musical equivalent of trying to take all the chairs at <laughs> the lock in <laughs> yes <laughs> yes I sang musical. better than I've ever sang in my life <laughs> that's it dude you know how many vocal warm ups I did before I got on stage <laughs> that day <laughs> that's great <laughs> Yeah, but that's how we, I, I, and I think that's where we met. Um, I, it might have been like we did a day session or something, but that's where it was. Now, you're originally, is it is it Gate City? Originally from Gate City. Now, that's where the legendary uh, Andy Ferguson. Andy, Andy, yeah, that's right, yeah. Andy Ferguson. That's yeah, right. so he's actually, so here's what's funny. Okay. Uh, I, I name drop all the time. I'm yeah. Like, so you know Andy. Because here's the thing, everybody knows Andy. <laughs> right. If you, well, he's, he, he's like on every recording project, any yeah. conference. Yeah. And he'll talk your ear off even, it, it don't care who you are, he's going to talk to you until he's blue in the face. Yeah. Because that's just who he is. He's such a nice guy. He is, man. Yeah. And, and and so I grew up under him. He married my first cousin, and I grew up under him. He was the guy he drug me around everywhere. That's how music ministry started. Okay. Like he made me, I remember I was like, man, I really want to play the drums. He's like, you're, you can't play the drums. You are a bass player. I'm like, really? This is how this works. It is. This yeah. is how this works. You are a bass player. And I remember him like, this was when talkbacks and in-ears were mm-hmm. just coming into the church, yelling into the talk back, Evan, stay in the pocket, Evan, Evan, stay in the pocket. Like he used to have this saying like, you need to be so deep in the pocket when I pull you out, you got fuzz on me. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. So, See, I've never yeah. seen that side of him yeah. because it's always, I'm thinking the first time I met him was at like a music conference or a clinic mm-hmm. in Maryville. And uh, dude, he was so kind to me. And he's like so to this kind. day, I don't know if it's just like a part of his personality, the way he's wired, like he'll recognize me and yeah. go out of his way. I'm like, bro, I know you play at the POA. <laughs> yeah. You play, you know, in Everywhere. Congress, like yes. and you look at this guy from yeah. nowhere and yeah. he's like, hey, I know Kenny. He's the same way. Yeah. And, and you know, it don't matter. And and there's so many funny stories you could tell about Andy Ferguson let's, from, tell, let's tell them all like well so here's here's one this yeah. is true if you go into a store with him he will stop you and he'll be like you hear this song I'm like yeah Dan Huff played on it every song every, it don't matter who it was talking, from it, Dixie Chicks to yeah. like Fred Hammond like oh, it don't matter awesome. it, like Fred it, this was Dan Huff yeah so you know Andy's just that way he's so personally so kind but he's he's like the mentor's mentor mm-hmm. um there's no way i would know as as much as i do about music or life even if it wasn't for him and i probably don't give him enough credit but like he i think he's on his fourth or fifth band at his home church in Gay oh, wow. City. Yeah. Um, I was one of the first ones, and then he poured into several of us, but now he's like got his fourth or fifth youth band oh, man. that he's mentoring. Like, it's just so incredible. That's incredible. Do that. Yeah. He's, so So you started that. So I, I come in, I'm coming to aware, uh, aware of your existence around, I'm going to say it's probably been, man, 12, 15 years ago, that National Youth Convention scene. And so you're a bass player, right? Yeah. Fellow bass player. Yeah. I remember, didn't you used to like, 
be a creator like you you would review gear am i am i right yeah there? yeah tell, tell me a little bit like how like like what that started like man it was so funny so like i remember you know we all like we're all like the Victor Wooten, like well, everybody loves Victor Wooten. Oh yeah. I'm like, but you can't use anything, anything he does as a service, you know? Right. But like, we would all do that stuff. And this was in YouTube was really starting to hit. Um, and this would have been like, I've really fell in love with music when I was 17. So that would have been 15 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I really started getting into playing the bass, playing every day and really learning my equipment. And I tell you what happened was I started going places. So, I got connected with Andy. And then from there, what happens is it's kind of the same way with preaching. You get connected with people. And then as you get those connections, just doors start opening up because in music, it's a little bit different than a preaching scene sometimes, or like conference preaching scene. In music, you have to be comfortable with the people, know the people, know that when they show up, they're going to play it exactly how you send it to them. And so I started connecting with people. Well, what I would find is now everybody thought being the guitar player was, you know, it's like being the drummer. Right. It's the cool thing to yeah. do, you know. But I, every once in a while, I would get guys come up to me, ask me about my equipment. And I was like, dude, nobody knows about equipment. Mm-hmm. That's when I started getting into like EQ and what my rig's going to be and this whole thing. And so I was like, dude, this is, we need this. So that's when like the entrepreneurial spirit started. Right. You know, and, I started and you have a degree in business. So well, this yeah. is probably before that, but this was before that. Was already yeah. There. Yeah. So the drive was there because I'm one of those people. I'm, I, I don't, it's not really an addictive personality, but if I'm in it, I'm in it, mm-hmm. dude, we're going to go head over heels over it. And by the time I get done, I'm going to know as much as I can about it. Um, so I think that's kind of what happened with music is like, that's, that's really what, that was the first taste I had before that it was basketball in a Christian school. Um, and then 17, bam, graduate music. high school music. And so let me just, ask you this. So you're a gear guy. Um, what was your favorite uh, rig ever when you had, when you set oh, up your dude, base? I still walk, have it. Yeah. Walk me through type of bass and your type of uh, amplification. Okay. So here's what's funny. I've never really played amps. I've always been a modeler or something like that. So what I have now, um, it it started, the first bass I ever had was a four string PV Mm -hmm. with a single coil and a lightning rod. And it was set up like almost like a modified P bass. Mm -hmm. That was my first bass I ever had. Then it went from there and I got a dual humbucker Ibanez sound gear, like SG 500 or something like that. Then I, I made the big jump and I got a Lakeland and oh, I got wow. a Lakeland 5501 had dual soap bars, the most beautiful. Oh yeah. Like, Oh, it was just so the sound, the tone was so nice and warm. Well, uh, something happened with Lakeland stuff and I had to send it back to get it worked on 12 weeks go by. Never hear from them. I'm like, what's going on? Finally, they call me and they said, Evan, we got some bad news. Your base was damaged beyond repair and travel. And I'm like, Okay, you know, you drop. Call, call back to the pre- Adventures in Preaching episode with DJ Shoulders. Damage, <laughs> damage in transit, but not damage in yeah, transit, but not deliverable on this one. No, yeah, yeah, it's, it's so he, bad. He, he preached the legendary message: damage in transit, but yeah. still deliverable. Yours is like no. we can't deliver this. <laughs> no. He's like, they yeah. got it. Like, we're honest to God, we're going to build a new base. <laughs> <laughs> so what? They, here's what they did. So I got a 5501, and that was a big purchase for me. I think it was a graduation present. It's like 800 bucks, mm-hmm. right? Well, then they said we can give you a silver 55. 501 or we can send you a black 5502 so if you know lakeland that's about a thousand dollar price difference I say, yeah that's a that's a very huge yeah but we'll send it for free check yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. so that's my favorite rig it's a lakeland 5502 it's got a humbucker in the back single coil in the front uh, we could split coil coil wow. tapping um got a five string five string yeah. yep it's got uh like a it's not an ebony white uh, pit guard it's almost like a faded pit guard um 
it's just it's my baby. Yeah. Like it's it's the one thing I'll never get rid of. That's awesome. So on your mods that you do, what kind of amp are you? What 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 do you want it to sound like? You say you don't do much amps. Like what do you want yeah. it to sound like? So you your- know, here's what I'll do, and this is so funny. You're getting me geeking out right now. Well, see, I like I yeah. like this stuff. I I I don't even know if I've ever even talked about it on the the podcast. I'm a bass enthusiast. Yeah. When you said Victor Wooten while ago, I don't know how many of my listeners will know who Victor Wooten is. Speaking of this, is a little side note, I wanted to mention it while I got it. Went interrupt. I saw a video just it might have been today or yesterday of Victor Wooten playing the fiddle. What? With his brothers in Nashville, they were doing they were like a country music show, and it wasn't no. like he wasn't doing like bass runs on the fiddle. He was legit playing country fiddle. Yeah, it, was his brother playing the drum tar at the same time? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I don't, it was only it was a short clip of just him. Yeah, but I, I have seen all his brothers perform. Oh, uh, that's they, one they I come to, to see. They come to chat, uh, and we had just had Julian, and we'd been up at night. You know, you know how it is with the newborn, and he came to to chat, and I'll never forget. Like it was like the greatest gift. My, it wasn't even like the tickets were high. It was permission. Yes. Like, you know, it was Honey, that you can go. You can go. Yes. That's all I needed because yeah. I, I had been planning to go forever. And all, yeah. when she said, you can go, I mean it, you can go. Where I went and I met, I met Victor afterward. It was such a, it was a smaller venue. And yeah. like, he come, I got his autograph. I got a shirt. Did you get uh, the, did you take your bass with you and get it signed? Yeah, I wish. I wish. <laughs> I know uh, a guy that did that. He still oh, plays really? it. Yeah. That's he funny. lacquered over it. So it won't go off. <laughs> That's awesome. But anyway, yeah. So I love, I love this type of stuff. So my, like I, I used to, I had a preamp, mm-hmm. um, which is so funny because Zoom made terrible bass products back in the day like they pedals did. and stuff yeah you know, i had a zoom preamp it was terrible design because on the pedal is where the 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 the, the dc adapter yeah. went in and it would always come unplugged and everything that i had like it would just and or and so i was like i'm gonna put i'll just use the batteries then yeah. but it was right under the pedal and you stomp on it to and, like mute it like the <laughs> yes, batteries would shift dude. and go off i'm like ah! yes but uh yes. but yeah but i got a zoom that's what we record on now is this zoom pod track but anyway so i like that stuff and on that on that amp preamp i used to like the super wide range sound yeah and um then when I actually got a good, a decent rig, I did some swapping with a friend of mine. I swapped him a Fender guitar amp that I had, and I got a Behringer. Um, it was like a 410 cab. Yeah. It was a half stack, and then like a 450 watt Behringer head, and it sounds bro, bro. I have it today, and I've never played a venue. I played some pretty large rooms. I've never been able to turn it up. No, know, I guarantee like, it. Bro, it'll blow the blow wind. your yeah, ears blow the off. doors off the place. So, yes. So what was the sound you were after? So you know, here's the sound I'm after, and this is really funny because this is where I start geeking out. So you know, I, I did the same thing as you, like Digitech and like you know two stomp pedals and a I had a wah pedal at one time yes yeah (laughs) and then I started messing around with like external pedals because you know guitarists are like they can build a pedal board and it's like or buy like a a pod like when I was playing pods were big so the HD 500 yeah Yeah. I had an HD 500 that I played my bass sounds through for a little while and and it was just okay I had a bass pod but what I did was uh, the first thing that I found it was what they called a heart key bass attack and it Mm -hmm. modeled certain heart key amps it worked really well but there was limitations to what it could do. Well, Galen Kruger came out with what they call the Galen Kruger Plex, and it can do compression. It's got a compressor built in, tuner built in. Um, it's got sweepable mids. It's got one button that you can press and actually go through. It models different cabs that they have, oh, wow. which is killer. Yeah. So you can really drive the tone on it. So here's what I would do, and this is no joke. This the, I still set my bass up like this to today. I scoop my mids, I throw up my my low end, throw up my high end. So if I pluck, I got something there, and if I don't, I can drive the snot out of it. Oh yeah, yeah. And if it's like a if it's like a modern worship song, usually what I'll do is I'll take my highs and throw them down, and throw my mids all the way up. So the sound that I searched for, there's this guy named Sheree Reed. Yes. I follow him on Instagram and I, I repost his videos all the time. All the, uh, that dude. Do you remember the first video that I seen of him? It was a viral clip of him playing like a Christmas concert. Chicago, I just watched it the other day. Dude, again. I watch it like once a week. Dude, no joke. <laughs> <laughs> he plays his runs like 
like are like this is what they call over the ball runs. Yes. And so like he's like in the middle of a run yep. when the measure ends and when everybody but he's still on it. He's still on it. And like so I do that I obviously I don't do that, but I do an over the bar run occasionally. Yeah. And uh it, it gets the dirtiest looks from our worship director. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Brother Jeremy. Yes. He was on the MCU uh podcast a couple weeks ago, but he'll give me the dirtiest looks I and he's like it. he's like, That's not a run, that's a solo. <laughs> and, yes. But it's it's all Sheree Reed. Dude, it is. dude is insane. And because yeah. is one of the if you're a base player and you're listening to this, Sheree Reed is a guy, unlike Victor Wooten's stuff, you can w- drive down the road and listen to Victor Wooten fall asleep, study to Victor Wooten, mm-hmm. be inspired by him, but you're going to use very little of what right. he does. Sheree Reed is a guy that you're going to use almost everything he does. Right. He's got that church, like, black gospel background. He did. And, so, and you yeah. know, he came out of that, like, that Chicago gospel scene mm-hmm. where it's just like everybody's on their game. They're not really playing studio gigs. Yep. But when you go look at his list of people he's played with, it is not right. like he's like toured with Corey Henry and like a couple of big name R&B artists, but he's just a monster. Dude. What's, what's one of the best things about that video that we're both talking about? And I, I might link it in uh, the show description where you can uh, all you bass fanatics and, either, and if you're not a bass fanatic, you might want to look at it. One of my favorite things about that video is the other musicians that are watching him play. Yep. And like, you know, you can tell there are other drummers that are sitting there, the other bass players, yep. and they're just kind of watching. And yep. I've been in singings like that where yeah. there's multiple groups and so everybody just watches the other guy yep. and uh and bro their their reactions to watching him yeah. kill it they're just like oh it's like yeah. a reaction gif. it is you know, they're like oh yes, you know? yes. Dude, it's incredible yeah. yeah and and he's such a monster and just you know whenever you hear what he does you're just like i can learn that yeah because it's also tasteful yeah like you know like you were talking about over the bar runs or like the, the way he would tastefully throw something in mm-hmm. wasn't super showy but it added to the song absolutely because there's bass players there, there's a difference between being a bass player and being a musician. Right. And a good musician knows what to do with the song. Right. Sheree Reed's a good musician. Yes, he really is. And so, so I, I kind of pulled you off topic. You were talking about is there was a sound that he gets that with a Galen Kruger? Yeah, well, so there was a sound that I was looking for that he had. I don't yeah. know the specifics of what he used, um, but because uh, I do remember he played a red Fender jazz bass. He mm-hmm. plays like a, I want to say it's a blue, like an electric blue kind of faded blue um, Fodera now, mm-hmm. which is like dream. That's a dream rig. That's a Wooten. Is, is Wooten, the Wooten? Yeah, 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 they're like eleven grand. Yeah. You know, it's like too expensive for this, you know, country boy. So, um, but that that tone of when you can, the thing that I look for in tone is when you can slap and it cuts through, when you can pluck and it cuts through, but when you drive, you're not losing it, right? And and I think that's what you get. So that's, that's what awesome. I was looking for with him. Man, that's great. I could talk about bass for an hour with <laughs> I know, you. I like, just realized that. Um, let's go on now because now that you – so that's my introduction to you was you're a music guy. Yeah. And then also, uh, uh, as we've covered already, great worship <laughs> leader, impressing the ladies with that, trying yeah, to get a that wife. That was just my wife. Work, hey, it worked hey, out. it worked. Got well, two yeah. kids and one on the way, so I did something right. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's some good pipes. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the uh, Lord. So, so you got that, and so you go out there – to your father-in-law's church, yeah. and I guess you guys are doing worship out there. Is that correct? Yeah, when we went, and and I think within a year, year and a half, I was named family pastor and oversaw some were care groups. Were you already, like, when did, were you called into ministry? We talked about your musician. You yeah. like around 17-ish, you know, something yeah. starting to play. What is... That's a funny thing. So when I was 12, I was prophesied over that I was going to, um, I was going to be a pastor one day, mm. and I said... I don't wow, think so, Scooter. A, yeah, 12-year-old. Yeah, yeah, a 12-year-old. And my uncle was a pastor. I saw a little bit of it. You know, I grew up in a church where it was a family church, but family took the hit on everything, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, dude, there was times where I got sat down and I didn't even do anything. I was like, I don't want even part of this junk. You know, so I'm going to get a degree. But I remember everything was a stepping stone. Like, I started playing the bass when I was 12. I started worship leading when I was 15. And then I really got into music when I was 17 and worship lead and played. Um, and then at 21... 22, I preached my first sermon. 
And here's the thing. It's not, you know, I hear, I'm a little jealous because I hear guys like, oh, I, had a, I was driving down the road and my car died and I pulled on the side of the road and an angel flew in and sat beside me. And it was Gabriel. And Gabriel said, you are a preacher. Go preach in X town. I wasn't like he that, man. beautified my feet. <laughs> he beautified my feet. Ten weight, W, you know, 20. <laughs> yeah. Five. And as soon as he flew out of the car, the car started on its own, you know, and I'm just like, good Lord. Yeah. Did not have that. <laughs> no. yeah. And for me, it was stepping stones. Right. It was, what's the next thing? Mm-hmm. Um, not that I was seeking for the next thing, but I was saying yes to the next thing. Right. And it led me to being 21 and preaching my first sermon that was an hour and a half long. Wow. And one of the worst sermons you'll ever hear. Hour and a half? Ever, hour Bro, and a half. Uh, so, so most guys, if you hear the first preacher uh, stories, it usually is, I had 20 pages of notes and I was done in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and that's the common thing. I think that's another re- way me and you are like, my first sermon, it was probably every bit of 50, 55 minutes. Yeah. And bro, like it was... I don't know how, like, and to this day, I still have a lot of that uh, residual. <laughs> yes. I can go, I can go, I'm more a threat to go long than I am to go Me too, short, but don't talk, don't talk to my wife yeah. about that sort of subject. <laughs> yeah. But so, okay, and I like I like the way you said it about as far as, like, stepping stones. To me, it's like, it's kind of like how God promotes in the kingdom. Yeah. It's that whole faithful over a few things. Exactly. I'll make you rule over. And so it's like, it's not really, it's not that you're looking for some ways like, oh, if I can do this, then I can make the next big step and yeah. move up. It's more like, you know, God is so like, he's serious about the base plan. You know, he ain't yeah. going to just like tool around and, and yeah. he's actually putting in the work. And so God's yeah. like, I can trust him with that. Yeah. I can trust him with the word. Yeah. I can trust him with now pastoring a church and yep. Lord knows after, you know, what, what will come, you know, as far as organizational stuff, I know that you've got, uh, you're getting, is this right? You're getting your master's or you just got your master's? Just, and, just finished my my master's, thank the good Lord, is the most expensive <laughs> piece of paper I've ever bought in December. Just got it from Dunder Mifflin, yeah, Dunder Mifflin <laughs> University. Yeah, yeah. Wait, ten yeah. Wait, whatever. No, I will give a credit here. Credit where credit is due. Liberty University. Shout out to Liberty U. Awesome. They're, they're incredible. I think our pastor's wife, uh, I think Mill might be doing Liberty U on some uh, child, like nursery child care yes, stuff or Christian incredible. education. Yeah. Yes, incredible. Awesome. So. Okay, so you got, so you, you go into ministry. And you go out there, you're doing worship stuff. You've been preaching since you was 21. Yeah. And so what was, like, did, was that on the table when y'all went out there? Or is that just something you said that you were, a few years you were made family pastor? Is that what you were saying? Yeah, that's a good question. So here's what's funny is um, my father-in-law's pretty used in the gifts. And um, he knew by the end of the year, my wife at the time before we were dating, that she was going to meet the man she was going to marry and that man was going to pastor the next church. Wow. We started dating December the 26th. So we, we kind of, we, we hugged the line, but we got it in before that year. So when I called him, we started, we went quick, man. We so went you super were a quick. Christmas gift. I was. And, uh, we started dating in December, Yeah, but I, I, like the only way I can describe it is complete contentment. We knew you're the one, but when I called him, I said, Hey, I want to marry your daughter. Is it okay? And he said, yeah, I think that would be good. And I think it'd be good if y'all come and can continue can continue the work. Oh, wow. So he knew, and I yeah. knew. Um, and I will tell you that sometimes knowing where you're going is just as frustrating as not knowing where you're going. Really? Yeah. Because sometimes if you don't know where you're going, you don't you don't, you don't really care when you get there. Yeah. But when you know where you're going, it's kind of like, are we there yet? Yeah, yeah. Um, That's a good point. That's a really, really good point. So, And that kind of brings me to what I want to uh, spend the last part of this podcast talking about. We're, we're gearing up, uh, once again, I mentioned at the beginning of the, the podcast, uh, Brother Grizzle is so kind to be here. He's actually going to do a leadership podcast. Uh, uh, training with us at our church, and uh, me and him both will be speaking tonight. And so we 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 would normally want to go longer. Yeah. This episode we're gonna have to cut it short um, because to give us enough time out there and, and greet the people before we start teaching. Um, but you 
so you got a master's now in, uh, did you say it was organizational? No, it was executive leadership. Executive yeah. leadership. So what I want you to do is just kind of walk me through what that, what, what, what you're trying to do with that, uh, degree. Um, and then that we can talk a little bit about um, mastermind. Yeah. Um, so tell me, well, like, what was? Did you go into getting your bachelor's thinking this is going to be about leadership, or were you thinking entrepreneur, like I'm going to start my own business? Yeah. What was that like? You know what's funny is 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 I went after the degrees. Both this is really funny. Is I prayed about it, but both times I got an associate's in respiratory therapy. I was a respiratory therapist working in the medical field for like eight years. Um, just went full time to the church this past summer. So in doing that, I knew I was like, I'm not going to stop an associate's. I'm going to get a bachelor's well they had a bridge bachelor's program got my bachelor's in like 12 or 13 months it was super short so that's great got a bachelor's in business waited and I'm like dude I want to get my master's what do I need to get my master's in well what can help me in ministry that I know is going to be beneficial but is not something that I will be able to necessarily make money with in the secular world executive leadership Mm -hmm. because as a pastor you are the executive leader of the church right um so we dive headlong into that and what I find I, I we start it um, a lot of stuff happens, take a really long break. I'm like, dude, I'm going to lose my credits. Let's get this done. So I finished it up and in the, in trying to finish this up, God really put together, uh, he, he connected me with some cool friends, um, in Nate Whitley and Jason Staten. Mm-hmm. And what happened was it was three guys trying to create content by themselves. So I guess to answer your question, I knew what I was going to do with my masters. I knew I was going to use it for the church. I didn't quite see mastermind. Um, and that's so kind of those, those, those that are hearing that for the first time, mastermind leadership, it, yeah. it, it has a podcast uh, associated with it, but it's also like a program, right? You yeah. guys are like all about equipping leaders, equipping um, leaders. Is it, is it, uh, confined to the apostolic church or a church or is it can, is it for business or what what do you guys literally like? anything we okay. call it church we call it organizational right. uh, personal organizational leadership development is the way we book okay. it um, and what we did was it, we called it the mastermind leadership collective because it was collective of leaders that got together put their minds together because there's power in numbers mm-hmm. you can and, and and I think the apostolic church is a little bit behind figuring this out if we can link up together rather than try to tear each other down we're right. going to be able to get a lot of stuff done yeah absolutely and especially when it comes to content like yeah. I, Oh, there, we used to be so protective of our messages and our thoughts and our yeah. ideas. And uh, it, I, I always thought, like, man, that's kind of silly. Obviously, you don't need to straight rip somebody's, um, you know, intellectual property. But, man, how good how could, good could we all be yeah. if we borrowed from each other's strengths and yeah. covered our own weaknesses with other strengths? Yeah. And so it sounds like you and, and those of you who have uh, listened to the podcast for you know uh, some time now, you'll know that we've had Nate Whitley on, Pastor Nate uh, in Knoxville. We haven't had Brother Staten on. We actually had him uh, do our youth camp a couple years ago before I started the podcast. I really like Jason Staten. Uh, he's he's incredible. a great dude. Yeah, both those guys are incredible. And and really, uh, they're, they're older than me by several years. Mm-hmm. I'm 32. They're, I think they're in the mid-40s. Um, so working with him has been incredible because they got a lot of experience. They got um, a lot of know-how as far as how to navigate these things. And when it comes to mastermind, what we're trying to do is, is our line is this. We want to help master the leader within. Mm-hmm. That goes for organizations and for churches and for individuals. Right. So we do leadership coaching. We do uh, in-person leadership training. We do online leadership training. Then we also have courses you can purchase. Like We actually have one for free called oh, yeah. um, uh, Master Your Productivity. And it's all about productivity hacks that can help you be more productive. Is it like video lessons? Video lessons, okay. completely for free. I think it's something like 35, 40 minutes worth of content that's entirely free to you awesome. with a handout to go over. Okay, we'll link um, that into our show description. Please, that yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, and I think what we're doing, our goal with this, so you know, people are like, well, John Maxwell already does that. And um, Craig Groeschel doesn't, he does it for free. And, right. and that's really true. Those so guys, that's, that's, that was going to be my something I want to get at. What, yeah. what were 
were you guys offering? So if you can go to like a John Maxwell, Michael Hyatt, Craig Groeschel, all these guys that, you know, they, their content's pretty great. Yeah. What, what, sep- what do you think separates uh, Mastermind from, you know, some larger names yeah. um, and some uh, you know, more established uh, leadership uh, uh, programs? That's a great question. I, here's, here is my personal feeling of it, and I'll never forget a meeting I had, and I learned this very important lesson. What, what we aim to do is any person that comes in and wants to be coached in leadership or anything like that, you complete a free leadership assessment that we created with the help of um, a couple of counselors and different, th- uh, different people like that. And what we do is we look at that and we say, here's where your strengths are. How do we make them stronger? Here's where your weaknesses are. How do we turn them into strengths? And what we do is we, we find out where they are and then, okay, well, this is what we know about you. Now, what are your goals? How do we reach those goals? Right. And, and that's the big difference is whenever you go to these other things, you go to these other creators, they're putting out incredible content, mm-hmm. but it is painting with a broad brush. That's very good. How do we get down to the person? Right. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. You're not going to get, you're not, you probably, I don't know how much money you'd have to pay, but you're not going to get individual coaching from John Maxwell. Oh no. And, 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 you know, like Jason Staten, he's certified by the John Maxwell team. Mm -hmm. It's several thousand dollars just to get the certification to be, do that. So, you know, our thing is, is that we want to equip leaders. This, this is a line that we use all the time and it's incredible. It's entirely true. If you are a pastor and you want to grow your church, or if you're an organization and you want to grow your organization, the key to exponential growth is uh, leadership development. Right. How can we develop our leaders to give them the ownership, the skills, the tools to go out, be the leaders that God has called them to be and that you want them to be in your church and your organization and be the best they can be and do the best they can for your church organization? That's great. Let me ask you this. Um, I, uh, I, I, and this is a kind of an old cliche or whatever, but I don't believe it. I've got another podcast uh, with a friend. Uh, we're actually we'll be recording later tonight. It's called Pros Before Bros. <laughs> it's a stupid name, but we love it. <laughs> That's um, awesome. And uh, prose as in like written prose, like literary yeah. genre prose. And so um, <clears throat> obviously there's a huge market uh, for leadership uh, books. Uh, yeah. self, they call them self-help, but business leadership, but stuff like that. What would you recommend? And, uh, or just tell me like a good leadership book that really changed the game for you. Like what would you, uh, shout out to our listeners? Okay. So here's three books that changed the game for me on a very personal level. And when people ask me, I give the same answer every time. The first one is, um, ultimate leadership. Uh, and that is by Dr. Nathaniel Wilson. He is a great thinker from California. Yeah. Apostolic guy. Incredible. Well, you guys are listening. If you're listening to these episodes consecutively, we might have one in between, uh, pastor Adams actually just referenced, uh, brother Wilson in yeah. some of his books. Oh man! As well, yeah. So, so that one, uh, ultimate leadership, and that one's incredible. Um, the next one is Soul Keeping by uh, John Ortberg which is all about caring for yourself so that you can care for others. others. Yeah. And the other one is Ordering Your Private World by Gordon McDonald. Gordon McDonald. I think I have it. It might be behind you. Dude. Um, that I, that was given to me. I was a young minister, and I was praying about going on staff at a church. I ended up not going on staff at that church, but it was required reading for their church. He's like, and he had like a case of them. He handed yeah. it to me. Bro, it was unbelievable. It's a, and, and for me, it was a game-changing book yeah. because we come into these things. Here's the catch to being a good leader. You cannot be a good leader anyone else if you cannot first lead yourself. Right. And that's right. what that's what those like books are for mastery Exactly. Yeah. And that's one of the things we try to do with leadership, with Mastermind Leadership, is master yourself yeah. so that you can it's be— It's very—Jordan Peterson's, like, his big make-your-bed yes. type thing, you know, 
clean up your room. You he doesn't have can't. self mastery courses. No, yeah, right, yeah. right. He's got yeah, he's got that. He's got a self authoring program. Yeah, self authoring. Yeah, that's what as is, well. Yeah. He's but like that whole idea is like your bedroom. Get that right. Yeah. We've got a bunch of activists out there, which is they've got a good goal. Change the world, right? Change the world. Have yeah. you improved your own personal space? Dude. If you can do that, yes. then you have a better shot at changing yes. the world. If your inside's the mess, you can't improve anybody else's. Exactly. Inside. You're you got you're whitewashed it's on it. the outside, dude. On that's the inside, it. you know, dead man's bones. Man, we are thirty minutes, and I know we're about uh, ten minutes away from having our leadership night. Yes. So we're probably gonna break here. That way, we can get out and get refreshment. Maybe get a thing of coffee and start uh, pressing the flesh with some of our people out there. Pastor Grizzle, I cannot thank you enough. Man. Thank you for being on. Thank you for having me. This was incredible. Shout out to my man, uh, Brother Chester. This is awesome. Thank you all for having me. Absolutely. We'll we'll try our best at another uh, opportunity that we get in the same town in the same room to make this happen. Yes. And we'll talk a little bit longer about leadership and a little less about base maybe that time. Uh, I had so much fun with you. Thank you so much. And thanks to all the listeners. Thank you so uh, much for listening. God bless. You've been listening to the Kenny Chester Podcast. Please consider subscribing and leaving a review. Oh, help us, Lord. Glad to cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> and uh, we made it. <laughs> when you said it, I was like, what? <laughs> Sorry, it's getting late. I've been uh, up. Anyway, Lord, help me. Um, good Lord, that's bad. That's then we great. made it. That's so so good. we.